Yeah. I got a rough uh, fundraiser that that we did when I was like a freshman or something like that. We had a slave auction. Shut the fuck up. That's what they called it. And like no all way. of the high school kids like went up on stage and they would auction them off to people in the congregation. Like they would. Oh, and you would like have to go like mow people's lawns or clean out their attic and stuff like that. Yeah, I had to like tear down a shed. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam, and I'm Casey, and it is what four days before Christmas. Uh, it's coming up. Yeah, dude, Christmas is so wild for me this year with four kids to shop for. From well, last year it was three, and I get, yeah, and now oh man, oh this is Byron's. Yeah, this is his second year with us now. He's been with us for two years, so he can. Um, which I guess would make yeah. So this is the second Christmas. So last year was three. I don't. I just played that out. I, I had to work through that out loud for everybody. <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, but time it doesn't exist. It doesn't move the same way it used to. I don't know how to process it. So we're um, yeah. And now this year we have we have four kids to shop for. So it's been different. But I'm also acting like I've done anything, and I've I'm a pretty typical shitty dad in that way. I didn't do a lot of the Christmas and by a lot, I mean, basically none of it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you run in so many different directions. We would often like my wife has most of the ideas, right? She, she thinks of stuff all year round. Oh my God, the kids would love this. And she like keeps a running list and she gets really excited about it. I get stressed out about everything, which is another reason. I mean, that's not an excuse for uh, to take a back seat on this kind of shit. But this year, what my wife did was um, her and a friend went out one day and literally just was gone all day long. This store, that store, they hit up every store they could think of, every store they wanted to go to and knocked out almost the entire of the Christmas shopping. And they had a blast because they were together and hung out for the day and I just got shit done around the house. So it worked great for me this year uh, i mean there's a few things you know i there's a, a few things i have to take care of come on i'm not i don't do nothing you know me and my siblings we we get a swap going on so i i had to figure out something for someone in my family and and my somebody dad. getting a turbo man yeah <laughs> i bought some ca- oh i don't think that uh, i don't think the person i bought it for does not listen i bought some captain Cease's coffee as a gift give the boom uh, yeah, plugging away at our sponsor already with uh, I don't even have to. I mean, that's just I was on my own volition. I feel like if I had kids, I would have to really put some rules in place for Christmas because I just like for April, I just buy stuff and buy stuff and buy stuff and buy stuff and buy stuff. Like I know so many things. You'd be a good sugar likes. daddy. Oh man, I would be like. God well, forbid just something... something happened to April uh, in, in like 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. Has an untimely death. Sorry, April. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you're just, what? Now you're in your 50s. Dude, I, you would be the best sugar daddy. You just find get a, some young, get a 20 young buck. 
Yeah, yeah. Young 20-somethings, <laughs> you know, maybe still in college, needs a place to party on the weekends. I mean, I could see that going well for you. You have yeah, options. Just maybe like, so. I don't think anything's going to happen to April, but you do have you have options given your personality type. Uh, Is Sugar Daddy a thing on Christian Mingle, or have they not ventured into that yet? <laughs> I don't. As long as there's no premarital sex involved, I think you're okay. It just just expenditures. Yeah, you just buy girls, which is some people's thing. I mean, isn't it? Is that some people's thing? Where oh yeah, just, it's not sexual, but they just get off to buying stuff for people. Dude, we had a guy for a bit. What we April had a guy for a bit, and very like not really any contact with this dude. He just liked buying her stuff. So she had like an Amazon list, like all those chicks have an Amazon list. Oh and yeah, the wish list. He would or just, yeah, he just buy stuff off of it constantly. Like he bought us a. I keep saying us. I don't think I was part of the, uh, <laughs> the giving part of it. But he, dude, he bought, you know what? He saw in some pictures, uh, a reflection on maybe a, uh, on some glasses or something. He sees you in the background. He and he's enhancing all up on it. And he sees you, and he's like, "I kind of like this guy too." Yeah, you know what this guy'd like. A PS4. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. He sent us a PS4. No way, dude. That's nuts. Oh, yeah. That, he, like, he bought her a whole bunch of different figurines and stuff. The, uh, there's constantly people buying her or a friend Sophie or something gifts. Not so much April anymore. She hasn't had that in a while, but dude, I'm like. I have a few I things just, uh, I want that I could throw on that list for. I was going to say, man, I've, I've, I'd add some stuff. Like, you know what you need is a new scope. Yeah, <laughs> dude if you want to throw another ps4 up on that list i mean ps5 up on that list just see what happens i mean if you get yeah. it just send it my way if you don't i mean water under the bridge i'm not gonna be mad at you tell april like man that the uh the new playstation's out it's time to get flirty yeah put up one of every <laughs> color who gives a fuck they're all those brand new colors looking sexy yeah no i uh i spent like a good two and a half hours yesterday wrapping presents. Oh, I thought you were going to say a dollar amount. I thought you were going to tell us exactly how much money you spent. Come on. Oh, no, that would be rude, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we that, have, would probably, um, that would probably make me stressed to figure out the, the actual amount. Oh, I, yeah. dude, Amazon I makes it so stuff. easy now. Like, Oh, my God, it's crazy. And it all goes to just your credit card? Oh, yeah. It's like so you, you just, just pay it off a little stuff. bit? Yeah. I got a but, bonus. I get, I get, I, that's not, that's going to go away. Last week I made the announcement that I'm going back to school for school adjustment counseling. So I will be in a school system. You don't get bonuses in a school system. But for now, when I work in retail and the corporate world, I do sometimes, depending on the year. Good year. Got a bonus. Love that. That's the best feeling, dude. Cause it's not one of those companies. It's not, this isn't Christmas vacation level bonus where you like, yeah, you expect that as part of your salary. This is like, do I get it? Do I not? We'll see. And that makes Christmas feel so much better. Like that comes in and you go, that's Christmas. Like I, I don't feel like that deficit anymore. It's the best feeling. Ever. And then January comes, you get your tax returns. They got that extra child tax credit going on right now. So that's like second Christmas for me, dude. I get so, I'm going to get ah, Man, you just, just cash and checks all yeah. year long fucking call me the rubber band man <laughs> dude one thing that uh i've 
was thinking about recently because so my son loves uh like most young children loves dinosaurs so i dude dinosaurs are different than when we were kids right i mean our introduction to dinosaurs was jurassic park probably i mean obviously we knew about dinosaurs before that land before time we're not total novices if you didn't watch land before time you're a bitch uh we we had to put uh we my parents had to take land before time away because if there was a character in a sh- in a movie that was like snobby or mean, my <laughs> sister would start acting like that character and using the lines from the movie. So there was a few movies that got like put up because bad. <laughs> Shelby I thought was, it was going to be the millions you know. of years they talk about at the beginning because that's what almost did it for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Let that poison in your house. So we've gotten my son a bunch of books on dinosaurs, uh, and we got a couple more you know for for christmas and you look through them or and we learned so many wrong things about dinosaurs dude uh velociraptors were like the size of chickens barely bigger than a chicken yeah dude and probably had feathers i thought they were like six feet tall no you can look that shit up right now while i'm talking i definitely remember hearing velociraptors stood like six feet tall so that I, I was like, that has to be false in one of these books. Uh, and then I was listening to a podcast called Science Versus. Uh, it's a great podcast. Learn, I've learned a lot uh, through that podcast. I love it. And you got something to say? You verified? Yeah. Right? yeah uh, according to Britannica.com, it says Velociraptor was a smaller Dinochinus, Dinochinus, Dinochinesis, reaching a length of only six feet and perhaps weighing no more than a hundred pounds. Okay. So it was six feet long, but does that mean like head to tail? It does, but that seems like a stretch based on, I think you are spreading misinformation. I'm not. So in this episode of science versus verified what I had learned in my son's books and that a lot of these dinosaurs, because that's where birds came from. A lot of them, they think were feathered. Uh, so now a lot of the illustrations for dinosaurs, they have like feathers on them, uh, which is so strange. But yeah, velociraptors, not that big, oversized chick, not the same size as chickens. They like oversized chickens. But nonetheless, because the, the podcast episode was about resurrecting these these things. Like if you can get, can you get dino DNA like in Jurassic Park or whatever? And you can't. Uh, there's really like the idea of it being held in amber. It, the DNA will still break down in the amber. They talked about that. Uh, but they, the, the guy that they talked to was someone that was like, his knowledge was used to help frame the Jurassic Park movies. And it, it was it mentioned to Steven Spielberg that that's not what velociraptors are like. Uh, and he goes, yeah, but no one's, that's what's going to make it fun and cool. Like he didn't, he wasn't going for accuracy. Like even the, uh, you know, that spitter dinosaur in Jurassic Park that kills Dennis Nedry. Yeah, that thing wasn't real. That's like, nice. Gotta yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> there was no like dinosaur. That's 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 like an amalgamation of dinosaurs. And there's no I don't really know that anything spat that goo out. So anyway, we learned a lot of stuff about dinosaurs that came from Jurassic Park. So that was a little bit of an embellishment. But there's also been so many dinosaurs discovered because after Jurassic Park came out, so many people were loved it that 
like there was a boom in people who became archaeologists or paleontologists, uh, people who became paleontologists. So it, I guess northern China maybe is where they found a ton of dinosaurs. But so now I go through the, the you go through these di- you know, books for kids and it's just there's so I can't pronounce any of the names. There's so many. They all look different than I ever thought dinosaurs did. They're like, there's a lot of similarities, but so and the ones that are more bird like are feathered. I don't know, man. I, I feel like you got to use a land before time dinosaur shorthand and be like, that's a sharp tooth. Yeah. That's a three horn. <laughs> that's a flyer. That's a swimmer. No kidding, dude. Because T Rex was like the big that when we were kids, it was like the T Rex. That was the big one that killed everything. <laughs> there was so many variations of big dinosaurs like that there's a, a tv show like a jurassic world tv show for kids it's animated oh so yeah that's that been popping up it's fucking dope dude me, me and my wife like watching that with the kids uh it's a good yeah it's really good but they bring in like i don't know a lot of dinosaurs that are actual dinosaurs and i'm like god they'll come up and i'm like i'm googling that that's bullshit and it's not like there's they bring in a lot of actual what I guess I, I don't know that they found entire skeletons of or full complete fossils of a lot of these. I think there's some speculation when it comes to piecing dinosaurs mm. together. But I don't know. Yeah, That's I remember cool, reading about, or hearing about these uh, the speculation in my creation studies class. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. quote unquote transitional fossils. Yeah, that's where birds dinosaurs didn't have feathers because that's not what birds came from. We get it. Uh, I, I, they, it can be, they can have feathers. That's fine. Birds aren't real. Dinosaurs aren't real. Yeah, birds aren't real. <laughs> how would they, how would they fit on the ark? One of the things that is also crazy, dude, is so in that podcast episode when they're talking about trying to bring back dinosaurs, the other thing that came up was resurrecting the woolly mammoth. Uh, that's I actually realize, a legitimate thing, right? Yeah, kind of. I didn't realize that the woolly mammoth didn't live uh, as long ago as I thought they did. I feel like I have it no. in my mind that they were like, but obviously humans like 12,000 years ago, right? Yeah. 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 You, so there's so, like a, there's a guy I've listened to a couple of podcasts with, and I, I feel like he's maybe a bit of a pseudoscientist, but he makes a fun case for his ideas. Um, but his name's Grant Hancock, and he's a big advocate of this thing called like the Elder Dryas. Uh, extinction event where they think his theory is that like somewhere around 10 or 12,000 years ago, uh, like a comet or a asteroid hit the planet and like drastic, like nuclear winter. And I mean, cause it's like a huge percentage of the land animals and stuff died like right around that time period, including the woolly mammoth. Okay. So I don't know. It's a it's a whole thing that I don't totally understand or can explain. It may not be true, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> Dude, it's hard to think about mass extinction events. Like, I, I, I'll be honest. When it comes to, so as a kid, I believed in dinosaurs. I was never taught that dinosaurs aren't real, and I was surprised when I learned that some people were taught that dinosaurs. But as I get older, and nothing seems real, and it's hard to trust anything. I can truly understand why it's hard for people to believe in dinosaurs it's crazy it feels pretend when i think about them because it's like they dominated the world millions of years ago for millions of years for millions of years these things just like walked around fucking up other animals doing whatever the fuck they wanted and we live in a time where that doesn't exist 
It's like all make-believe. It, not only that, but nobody really knew they existed for a long time until they started digging up fossils and shit. Like, I don't know. It, it just feels almost like fantasy, uh, like dragons. Like people are like, dragons aren't real. You're like, I don't know. Why are dragons any less real than fucking dinosaurs? Well, you know, it's even. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. And there's <laughs> there's a it lot of things fake. like that. Like, um, well, I've talked about it before on here, but. You know, we live in like the Flint Hills of Kansas, which is this, yeah. you know, like 50 mile wide stretch of rolling grasslands and Flint bedrock that stretches from like somewhere in Oklahoma all the way up to Nebraska. It's this huge, beautiful area. It's awesome. We live like right on the edge of it. And Kansas is just covered in fossils. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I can literally like walk out my door to the creek and within like five minutes, I can find fossils, in, but it's all marine fossils. It's all just shells and coral and it's invertebrates so wild, and things. And yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, uh, you know, we we have a tendency to save things. So <laughs> April was like cleaning out her, her craft room in the basement this week. And she's like, we need to go through our rocks. I'm like, our rocks? She takes me downstairs and we have like six boxes of rocks and fossils and things that we've like taken home from places like idiots. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it's weird to think about like all of this area was underwater at one point. And in from what the looks of the things that are just laying around in my backyard, it was underwater for a long time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it would have to be in order for the what the fossils to actually form i don't know what how how long fossils take to form creation scientists will be i remember learning the flood yeah no but i do remember learning that they can form quickly like that was their big thing it's like well you know they don't always take they can form pretty quickly like there's always that was the same guy that was like oil's actually a renewable resource because it's it's still being made we don't have to have electric cars yeah (laughs) i know i've heard that case made things die and they create oil Dude, what's really weird is uh, like talking about that like extinction event around that time period and stuff as a woolly mammoth. There was so many weird, bizarre animals that were roaming around at that point. Like there's like a giant, a giant sloth, like giant North American sloth or anteater or something like that. There's this thing called a short nosed bear, which... You can look up pictures of it, but it's like a supposedly stood like <laughs> they're just like this giant bear. Like they stood like like fifteen feet tall, standing up, just huge. Dude, I don't know. There's like so many things bigger. there. It's North American camels. There was like all sorts of different stuff that just really? disappeared. You know, that's so wild. What What's kind of interesting is look when humans fuck up the the ecosystem around them that's very uh that makes me feel ups- like it just doesn't it feels icky it feels like there's something wrong with that but there are certain animals that are like going extinct that humans don't necessarily have anything to do with and people will be really upset about that like oh come oh my god we need to do something about this now again if humans are part of the problem that feels icky but they're the idea of certain animals dying out, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if this is, uh, I don't, I'm not bothered by it. I don't feel, I don't have an emotional connection to it. Like what, really? lions, 
Yeah, I don't. Ugh, I'm sorry. Lions might go extinct in our lifetime. They probably like, will. Eh. It's Eggnog. I don't want them to. Now, no, no. <laughs> lions going extinct feels icky because like you have those like shitty big game hunter motherfuckers like fuck those people. Uh, they hope I it, their fate should be like gladiator games where you just like release them into a den of lions and watch them get down. I don't know if I really believe that, but I'm going to stick with it for now. But isn't it weird to think that like a gender, like my kids, kids might not know like, they're like, yeah. Oh, I, I've never seen a Like they, they could never see a lion. Like nothing's gone extinct in my parents' generation or my grandparents' generation. Like usually the time period it takes for things to go extinct seems longer. Like I don't know anyone who's lived through an animal extinction, but we might be living through one to the point where our grandkids will never see some of the animals we grew up with. Yeah. Is that I know, weird? It's, it's terrible to think about. And there's some stuff that I, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird topic because people get weird about it on both sides. Like some people it's, part of their philosophy that like we're supposed to just dominate the planet and take what we need and you know if uh yeah. if we can make yeah. a buck off of this today then so be it but other people are like seem to have this idea that like nature is this magical balance that you know uh, it's sort of self-sustaining and cares for itself and stuff which it's it's not i mean nature's brutal and if one animal all of a sudden has a, a, an advantage over another animal, they will kill them into extinction. You know? yeah. <laughs> right, right. But I think about that a lot because, you know, I read a book uh, last year about this time where it was it's called American Buffalo. It's by Steve Ranella, who fascinating guy, definitely worth looking up. But he's, I didn't think you this, read books, Casey. You tricked me. You well, told I me listened you to read. it. It okay. was an audio book. Okay. <laughs> I use the read uh, figuratively, but he was talking about the, the American bison and the history of the species and where it all went and stuff. And um, it's crazy to think, but like the American bison ranged across almost a hundred percent of the continental U S I mean, basically everywhere, but Hawaii, they were native in Alaska. They were native in, you know, new England, like they were across the entire country but there's so many different factors that led to their extinction, you know, mass hunting, barbed wire fences was a huge part of it because they really? blocked their migrational routes, you know? I mean, there's just a ton of different things, but um, I mean, there was herds of like mil a million animals in some parts of the Midwest. I mean, 150 years ago, it's just that wild is to think about wild dude. It is. They were literally everywhere. And now if you want a bison burger, it costs so much more than a fucking regular hamburger. <laughs> yeah. So I blame barbed wire fences. Fuck fences. I just here's, blame here's fences. Here's what I want. General. Yeah, exactly. So here's what I want. I want one of you uh, s smart young kids to think up a way through like GPS collars or something to eliminate fences almost as a whole. Like think if you could have some sort of GPS collar or something like that on cattle so they could like free range graze and things like that, but they somehow stayed within a given area. So you didn't have to have just miles and miles of fences because I mean like right here where I'm at, every single field is, is fenced in pretty much, you know, and it's, yeah, 
I don't know. It, it would just be so cool to think about, like, if you opened up those pathways, I mean, maybe we could have free range bisons and stuff again, you know, bisons, bison. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure technology will only figure out how to kill more things and fuck things up, though. I think that's the general direction. That's a direction grim of outlook. <laughs> We've turned around a lot of extinctions already. I mean, we yeah. just need everyone to care about it. There are a bunch of people who are committed to artificially inseminating other animals. I've got bald eagles were almost extinct like 30 or 40 years ago. And I have like four of them living <laughs> uh, by my house. I see them almost I every thought day. You're going to say you have four of them taxidermied in your living room or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just need them long enough. To, I need them to stay alive long enough for me to stuff one and put it on my mantle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have one more Christmas point because we're, uh, you know, tis the season. I have one more Christmas point to make before we close out. And so we're not teaching our kids about Santa. We want them to know the true meaning of Christmas. So we're teaching about how a baby was born only so they could be sacrificed on a tree later on in life. That's what that's what we're choosing to do. I feel like kids, uh, you know, 20 years from now won't even know about Santa. They'll be they'll be hearing this. The, the legend of Jeff Bezos. <laughs> He's delivered more Christmas delivered. presents than Santa ever thought about. <laughs> okay. So obviously I'm, I shouldn't say obviously, but I am teaching my kids the whole Santa thing. And what I think is really funny about watching Christmas movies, a lot of them, we watch a lot of is in real life, grownups go through extensive lengths to make sure that kids can believe in Santa and experience the magic of Christmas in that. And this is what you're doing. Yeah. And then in every single Christmas. Yes. Go ahead. It it gives you a joy to lie to your children, Mm -hmm. but giving Mm -hmm. them gifts, nothing. No, that's yeah. (laughs) Oh, you got me clarify. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm speechless. You got me. So I'm just going to carry on. Uh, Every single Christmas movie that has to do with Santa Claus is about grownups not believing in Santa and the kids like being like, no, Santa's real. Santa's real. I believe. And then Santa turns out to be real and the grownups are converted to a new religion. Now, I just find that juxtaposition so funny because kids don't pick up on it, right? They're young. They're not noticing. But for every grown up in real life to like go through such extensive lengths to make sure kids believe in Christmas. And then for every movie they watch grownups are like kids, Santa's not real. Get over it. It's like that. It's such an imbalance between what they're watching and what they're experiencing. Isn't that weird? That is funny. Well, it's almost like uh it's like a, it's such a common movie trope for there to be like this um, really wise and intuitive like 12 year old the jaded adults just can't seem to sort out like the problems with their lives and stuff and then here comes this like teenager who has like really profound things to say and i I always think like man that is not the case no (laughs) it's not kids aren't that smart uh we took my kids to see the new clifford movie and that's kind of like that that's kind of the thing, right? Like the the kid is the one pushing everyone to to do things better and bigger and love more. And, and all the adults like, I learned so much from you in the past few days. 
I owe you a lot. And the kid's like, you should just listen to me. It's like, then the kid, like five minutes later, is like, I don't want to go to school. Like, you have to. <laughs> I think it does. It's such a strange dynamic in movies. It's, it is. That is such a trope. The wise kid that gets, especially in holiday movies, though, like it's always like, that's how it is in every holiday movie. Cause they believe the kids believe in magic and the, the mystery of Christmas. So then all it, it's so weird. All the grownups end up believing in Santa by the time the movie's over. And we're just like, in this life are like in this life in real life are like i don't think i believe in santa anymore You're like shh, 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 shut the fuck up kid you're gonna ruin it for everybody else <laughs> santa's real right kid santa's real oh did you hear that i just heard some jingle bells up on the ceiling like okay i mean it's not the most ridiculous belief i recently came across a person who is uh, uh who worships greek gods okay and those are coming back. We're going backwards in time. Okay. I, I was reading this post where this person was basically like, don't disrespect my religion. Um, don't assume you know things about my faith and all this stuff. And it was it was about their worship of, of Greek gods. And I was just reading it like, I can't, this is, is this real? This is real. Like, this isn't in jest. This is not an ironic post. Like, this yeah, is a real thing like that this person is serious about. So, I mean, I don't know. Worship Santa. Whatever. That's cool. <laughs> Take away from the true meaning of Christmas, which is what the fear was for me growing up. That people will... Like, if you, you can't do Santa and Jesus Christ, people won't know what's going on. Like, Santa told me that the gays can't get married. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of Christmas was when Santa was crucified for our sins no kid sorry you're getting you're a little mixed up let's set the record straight here for santa so loved you he was banished to eternal servitude basically as a ups man for all of eternity and and just to pay it forward he enslaved an entire species of people <laughs> to make his toys for them for all of eternity i wonder if they were from the same place as oompa loompas <laughs> hey I don't think you're allowed to say that word anymore. Oompa Loompa? Knock it off! You're going to get us canceled, dude. Wow. All right, well. Don't. Apology to follow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our guest this week is someone we have been really talking to since we started the podcast. Uh, Her name is Amber, and she is great. It was so fun talking to her. Like I said, we've been talking to her just through messaging since we got this thing started. Uh, you know, she had our first, well, we get into the story in the podcast, uh, so we're not going to spoil it here, but our, our first interaction with her was when she messaged us about her experience at a college for a weekend at Liberty. And we've just been going back and forth ever since. So we talked to her for a while and we did not get into anything she's doing now. <laughs> no, she, she is really fucking the, cool. Uh, if you look at the episode description, she has a very impressive resume, which we don't touch at all in this. <laughs> no, I don't so, know how we did it. It's awful. I'm going to just blame us. At, we just really fucked up on this one. We're just, just having too much fun joking now. about Shoney's and, you know, Bible camp, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but she is. It, we'll throw these in the show notes, too, because you might miss it here and want to go back and be like, oh, what was she? What? What? You might remember us talking about how she's 
she's a big I, I mean I would say she's a big deal I yeah and I'm so excited to see like where her career continues to take her because she's doing some really cool fucking stuff but she's uh well so she's a social worker she's a navy vet she's the youngest on a board to pick students for military academies like west point um she became the first black commander of the goldsboro american legion and so she and she's also currently in her master's in social work so one of the things that she works with is that, that she's really passionate about uh, that i do wish we got into because we've talked about you know i think when we when we had shane claiborne on and i feel like it's come up at other times too, we were talking. When you talk about gun violence, right? You can't talk about gun violence without talking about suicide. Uh, and the, some of the most susceptible people to suicide are veterans. Uh, so that's what she is. That's what she does. Like she works with organizations uh, that work towards ending veteran suicide, which kills 22 vets a day. So she's really doing some cool stuff. Uh, on top of that, she is the human resources director for the city of Scranton in Pennsylvania. Um, She's in the mayor's cabinet and she's the first black director and the highest ranking black person in the city. So she is doing really big things. She's it's it's so impressive to learn all that really after we talked to her was really, it was impressive. I wish we got into what she's going on because she's got so much, like, I don't know how she juggles it all. You know, she is clearly doing a lot. She's involved in a lot and it's important to her to make a difference. And we just spent most of our time joking about the goofy ass world we grew up in, which was a ton of fun. And I think everyone will enjoy this episode, but there's no fucking chance that we're not going to have her back on the podcast to talk all the shit that I just grazed over. Uh, Cause it's worth getting into. So, yeah. Uh, if you're not a member of our discord, you find the link in our social media accounts, all of them. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a five-star review on uh, iTunes. It really helps us with where we're going, and that would be great. And, um, yeah, before we get into our conversation with Amber, uh, here's a word from our sponsor, Captain Cecil's. And... Before you hear that word from our sponsor, we have uh, it, we do have an announcement that the we're, we talk about the holiday blend in this ad, uh, and it's just become apparent to us that the holiday blend is sold out. Y'all slept on that shit, and you don't get it now. You fucking slept. <laughs> I'm Sorry. enjoying mine. Yeah, I have uh, another bag left. I got a bag on deck. I got a bag. Oh, I already mentioned. I bought some for my uh, one of my brothers for for christmas and they're gonna get to enjoy it but if you didn't buy it you're not gonna get to because everyone else bought it and you slept anyway the exclusiveness of the holiday blend makes it taste that much better like i enjoy it just a little bit more knowing that none of you can have it yeah every sip is like oh my god (laughs) all these fucking people don't get it good good on us we got it they don't there are some new he's got a bunch of new blends coming out um they're actually probably already out. I'm not going to go through them. We'll just have a, a new ad for them next week. And we'll just build the hype for now, knowing that there's stuff coming out and you don't have it. And you get to hear about it seven days from. Okay. Okay. Amber Viola, but first Captain Cecil's. Tis the season to be jolly. 
and nothing makes me more jolly than a great cup of coffee. You know what I'm talking about? I certainly do, Casey. So my house this time of year, I turn the heat down at night because I like it to be like a frosty 66 and waking up in the morning, stepping out into the kitchen at 530. It's it's chilly. You got your long underwear on. You got the uh, flap open in the back, all unbuttoned with a little booty hanging out. <laughs> Rosy cheeks, two sets, top and bottom. <laughs> they look freshly spanked, but it's just getting cold. <laughs> My poor pets. <laughs> Nothing wakes me up better than a cup of hop Captain Cecil's coffee. And, you know, during the fall, I was really into the Knopsk blend. I just got a new shipment in. And I got to say, the limited edition holiday blend is fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I got to say, it's uh, it must be amateur hour in here because you talked about it being a frosty 66. And I set my thermostat to a frosty 62. That's like a Siberian gulag. It's cold. Uh, you wake up in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed, uh, but you know, you have to. Sure, a pot of coffee going. And of course, I'm drinking Captain Cecil's. Captain Cecil's donates 10% of all sales to various lighthouse preservation organizations across New England. It's one way for them to make sure that they remain with us for generations. And as a New Englander, that's super important. New, uh, lighthouses around here, big deal. They're landmarks. And I know you don't know anything about lighthouses because you don't have them. You just have windmills, the lighthouses of the Midwest. Yeah, we have like grain elevators. <laughs> Not quite as scenic, but same thing. Yeah. The holidays are right around the corner, and there's no better gift for the coffee lovers in your family than Captain Cecil's. And they're offering a special deal to our lovely listeners. From now until Christmas, you can go to CaptainCecil's.com and enter the promo code GROWINGUPCHRISTIAN at checkout for 20% off your order. Now until Christmas, it's a deal you don't want to miss. So go to CaptainCecil'sCoffee.com and enter the promo code GROWINGUPCHRISTIAN at checkout for 20% off your order. Happy holidays from me, from Sam, and from Captain Cecil's Coffee. Hey, everybody. We're back with our guest, Amber. Amber is, uh, she's been a friend of the show since we started. Uh, not technically a friend of the show in the sense that she's been on it before, but we have been talking with Amber since we started this podcast. And we figured it was about time that we hung out with her for an episode and heard about her life. So Amber, thanks so much for joining. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. (laughs) So Amber, uh, you uh, find your kindred, uh, find your kindred. Uh, You feel like kindred spirits with the podcast because of, uh, you also grew up Christian and you had some interesting experience. Actually, no, you know what we started talking about? uh, The first time I talked to you was about Liberty. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I just remembered that. Uh, so let's just start with that fun anecdote because you went to a college for a weekend and you chose not to go to Liberty for some uh, pretty interesting. I did. So I was a junior in high school. Um, I went to a really small Christian school um, in New Jersey, actually r- pretty close to Philly, right across the bridge, South Jersey. So um, it probably was more church school. Um, my class had maybe 10 people in it, if that. Uh, oh, that's so like Casey's school. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those that went from, you know, kindergarten all the way up. And so we were going to Liberty for college for a weekend. I was super excited. It was the first college that I actually was going to go see. 
And so, of course, the other greats included, um, what is that, the Bob Jones one? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Bob, yeah. Bob Jones, it's just Bob Jones University. Bob Jones, like the, Bob the heavy Jones hitters University, are uh, BJU. Messiah, and um, there was Pensacola? one more. Pensacola? Pensacola, yeah. Man. The classic. So to, <laughs> the class, right. The, the, big, the big 10 of, of Christian universities. So we're going down there and, you know, I'm super excited and everything. And we get there and the people are different. Um, I wouldn't really say friendly. And so I think it was the first day I went to the little classes and stuff because you're supposed to, you know, go see what college life is about. And I was walking around with the girl who was like showing us around. And obviously I'm 17. So my question is about boys, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. And she's like, well, you know, you're not allowed to interracially date. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Um, what? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you can't interracially date here. And so then I'm just looking around and I'm like, who would I date then? It doesn't even go to like, this is wrong. My first thing was definitely like, okay, well, who's available? Um, yeah. And then she proceeded to tell me about like the two black guys that went to the school. And I literally was just like, no, what? I'm done. So like, competition I is heavy, up, but <laughs> I ended up meeting I guess some bad kids alerty and um, went out that night to some bowling alley and like stayed out past curfew, ended up at people's houses. I, I slept through the whole morning set of classes the next day. Like, you got and the full college I, experience. <laughs> yeah. And um, like the leader of our group and stuff was like, oh, you know, what happened? Like, why didn't you? Because on the way home, I was like, I'm not going here absolutely not and everybody's kind of like what changed your mind like you kind of were all for it and I told them and it's such a weird experience when people don't believe you like why would I make that up or anything and they're like oh well maybe that you know maybe they didn't mean it like that or whatever and I was like no so it's... many different ways to mean that <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so many different ways so many you know? I mean look <laughs> you can't interracially date take that how you want she literally was like she did not un un even realize that I kind of was upset about it I guess or anything she just said it so in passing like it That's was so just wild. so normal and I was just like wow okay uh, yeah I'm definitely not gonna go here Does this so. person <laughs> have a southern accent <laughs> what year was that this was um oh two oh three Oh, okay. Okay. So that precedes us by a little bit, but Only not by very like much. Five, five I got years? there in 06. Yeah. I don't think yeah, they changed the Yeah, I thought you guys the were there pretty closely. Until, I don't, when, when did they change it? No, they, listen, that person was a, uh, <laughs> they, well, were, they were that, ad women. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you had to wear polos to class and you had to wear khaki pants, pleats optional, but the interracial that person made that up that person was uh well there was a time when it it wasn't actually they changed the rule officially at some point but Which i can't crazy. remember what, what that was way right. back in 99 <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i think that was before the 2000s <laughs> probably uh you know somewhere in between when they finally let black people into the school right right and when i, I heard about how liberty even students. started 
I that you know it made so much sense to me. So yeah, <laughs> that was crazy news to me too. Like oh I didn't my know God. that until yeah. I mean maybe a year ago. That's was the first I'd heard of that. Yeah, I mean what I, we already talked about Bob Jones University, but their whole deal was getting um they they put up the, a huge stink about in like forced integration in schools. They're like ah yeah. uh-uh, no, that's how the, I mean basically the moral majority got founded was to. And I went to some Bob Jones, like elementary schools and stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how, do you recall not fitting in so well? Like how did that? <laughs> I, I do. I do. I remember being in, I think it was maybe first grade and some boys didn't want to drink out of the water fountain after me. God. And I thought it was like, cause I had hooties cause I was a girl, you know, and just like little things that I remember looking back on and I'm kind of like, wow, that was super racist. I got paddled at school. Cause like what? you still like beat kids. And I remember getting paddled um, at school one day for doing something wrong. I don't even know what I did. I, and so, yeah, there was just so much wrong with how much of your success <laughs> as an adult. Do you attribute to that? Like Christian upbringing? <laughs> I, me and my brother talk about it all the time of like, cause when we actually tell people how, Christian we grew up and I think like the three of us it would be it was kind of fundamentalist you know people are like wow you're really normal like yes I and I'm I'm grateful for that every single day because I could have definitely been really weird yeah (laughs) we've seen it go both ways so yeah I was too um so I definitely could have ended up real weird well let's go let's go back a little bit and just kind of give us the rundown on like how you how you came up Oh, goodness. So um, my I grew up in like a pretty strict Christian household. Um, we went to church every single Sunday and Wednesday and Bible study and choir practice and, you know, any type of thing that was going on, we were involved in it. So we were just always there. And my mom always had us in like private schools and they were always relatively small, small private schools. Um, she wanted us to get a really solid, you know, Christian education with like God as the foundation before science or literature or anything else like that. And yeah, they, they skimp on the literature a good bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I got definitely I, I, they, on the science, too, for sure. But the amount of people who grew up like us that never read one of the classics is all of them. All right. of us. <laughs> and the only reason I got away with actually reading a lot is because my mom really wanted us to read. So there was times when we only had like Christian books and stuff. Um, God. <laughs> and um, like, oh my God, those Christian dating books and stuff. Oh. But, and, but then I remember I started getting older and I started wanting to read the classics and stuff. And I think she really just was excited that me and my brother really liked to read and everything. So I was homeschooled for a while. So I went to, um, you know, like those homeschool meetings that they have once a month where you all get together and you hang out with kids and you trade plum CDs and stuff. And um, <laughs> I remember being in like, you know, the homeschooled 4-H also did Awana throughout like this whole entire time. Um, everything we did had to be, you know, like Christian based. So some, any summer camps we went to was a Christian summer camp and stuff, you know, and my mom was in the army, so we moved around a lot. So anytime we moved around, we would just find a new like church, a new Christian school and stuff. And she would just, you know, put us in that. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, that's, 
and I mean, there was times where we would get real strict, where it was like no secular music, you know, no rated R movies, no PG thirteen movies. If you're not thirteen yet, um, I wasn't even allowed know. to watch a lot of PG thirteen movies when I was no, 16. neither. Yeah, <laughs> it's like of all and the I, things to trust the government <laughs> on, they're like. Their movie rating system's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. Like, that was, a, you know, that was a good threshold for it. And I remember going to, like, Acquire the Fire and having yes. to, like, give up my black nail polish and, you know, my studded belt <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, all the stuff that, that you love, your CDs and movies. And Acquire the Fire I, was all about that. They loved oh, your, your kids put all their shit in the pile and burn it. And I was just thinking like, who gets this coffin of stuff? Because everything in there is cool and I need it. You know, (laughs) like I remember like putting my stuff in there, looking to see like what was in there and being upset that I'm going to have to be a kid and scrimp money together again to like rebuy all this stuff. (laughs) As soon as you put it in, you're like, this is a mistake. You're like reaching for it. Someone's holding the back of your shirt and you're like, please, 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 please. No, it was a mistake. Oh man. And when you There's are like, you can't be like the only people who don't go down there, you know. So right. There's like no greater sin in that in that time period of your life than just liking something a little too much. A little too much. Anything that you love, if you like really like some certain type of music or certain types of movies or whatever it is. It's like if you show too much interest in it, they're like, these Pokemon have got a satanic hold oh, on our God. children. Oh, yeah, there was this video I just saw going around. Oh, wait, yeah, did you I it? sent it to you. Yeah, you said I saw like three other people posted after I saw it when you sent it to me. But it was a guy doing a whole breakdown on how Pokemon's evil. And, and the dude, class. the dude is giving this PowerPoint presentation, and he looks like the cut and paste identical twin of uh, Kenny Powers. He's found it down. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> got the same hair, all of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, so okay, so you're up Christian in school. The oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Thank you, Casey. Uh, growing up uh, in the military, uh, with your mom kind of moving around a lot, this it's funny because like eh, Christianity really will give you a base, right? Anywhere you go, you can just find a new church. So I feel like that's probably helpful uh, for finding a community. Every as an adult, definitely. But what was that like as a kid? moving around that much was it like every year every few years every it was normally every few years um yeah I mean honestly you get used to pretty much anything so I didn't always like it but it was kind of just the way it was so you knew it was gonna happen again I knew it was gonna happen so just like all right let's see where we're going this time (laughs) What, what all parts of the country did you live in it was mostly between um midwest area and then just like the east coast like new jersey and pennsylvania and stuff okay so we'd be in like the boonies you know just out there on these military bases and you know no other brown people in sight (laughs) (laughs) my uh my cousins weird experiences my cousins in the air force and her and her husband have lived in like i think they lived in hawaii for a minute they, li- they were stationed in Japan for a little while, and then they just moved them to, like, south-central Missouri. It's, like, oh such a letdown from Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have a cousin who's been, who's in the Air Force. I've, Air Force seems like they get a better They general. do. My brother's in the Air Force. Yeah. And it's so much better. They put the Air Force basically in cooler places. I was in the Navy, the Navy places. was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
How long have you in the Navy for? Well, we can get, I we'll did get to eight that years. <laughs> okay. I want, I'll, I definitely want to hear a little bit about uh, so yeah, so you move around home. Were you homeschooled? Uh, what, what was that time period? Was that high school, middle school? It was um, the end of middle school until tenth grade. So tenth okay. grade, I went back to school, and that's when I went to like a small um, private Christian school, and then I did my senior year in public school. Oh, okay, Man, that is so many school changes. That's wild. Oh, I went to, I, I think I, overall, I probably went to like 10, you know, man, so. <laughs> that little Christian like school. Did you, do you remember what kind of curriculum they were using? Um, I don't, I don't with that. I actually went to that school on and off for years. So whenever we would move back to an area that I was like close enough, we would just go back to like the same school and stuff. But I remember using paces when I was homeschooled and then Bob Jones okay. curriculum for a yeah. long time growing up and I can't remember what curriculum they had but it was something ridiculous because our our history book was just a, a disaster but yeah <laughs> like, I imagine as a person of color that is a very skewed version of the, of the oh events. my god it's like Did the you, paces I, I mean they were really like oh they really god. laid it on thick with like it how Christian the South was. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, I, I, I specifically remember that. Actually, like living with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, I don't even recall really learning about slavery the most. It was like, yeah. there was a time period where we did this. Uh, some slave owners weren't bad. And then they right. probably have some Bible verses about how, like, you should treat your slaves good or some shit like that. And then you're like, like oh, okay. somehow it's a lesson on like obedience and yeah you're like okay yeah um, our whole country went to war over this because you really downplayed how much people don't <laughs> like right so right. when the war part came that took me that was like an m9 Shyamalan twist right there <laughs> that, that was a that footnote <laughs> that was a footnote in the like, whole thing at, it was about it's like underneath rights. one of those stories about smoking is like actually the civil war um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just remember like the paces like in high school and stuff when they got to the civil war they were like they spent like a lot of time talking about like these wonderful revivals that happened in the confederate camp oh and, my like, god wait i remember that <laughs> It, it was such a weird, I mean, even at the time, like as bought in as I was, I remember reading that and being like, this is strange. Like, why are we talking about this? Or like, what a great Christian man, uh, you know, Robert E. Lee. Was, yeah. yeah. That's There's why they named after him, gave him statues all the time. You know what it is, is it's like they give slavery the same treatment that they give like God ordering genocide in the Old Testament. It's like, this was a different time. It's a, we're, we're right. done with that. It's over now. Uh, let's not look too closely. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we go back to that? Whole, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I just remember when I going through the whole Bible and, and reading it from cover to cover. Um, Cause I was a dork and I love to read anything and how oh, you do that on purpose. Questions. I did it on purpose. I did. Oh, I-, <laughs> I did it on purpose. Um, twice. I did it on purpose. And Another time we went through it like as a family um, mm-hmm. and stuff, but yeah, it was. I was like, I have, I have some questions for you guys regarding some of these things because none of you have mentioned this, and I read it and it's in here, and it, we need to talk about it. You know, like there's some concerning things, some stories that are a little creepy. I don't know, you know, and I, I, and it really turned me off to it. 
you know i think it did the opposite of what you know like i remember one time i was in my room reading my bible and my mom comes in and you know she's like in tears because she's like so proud and happy in that moment that i'm like on my own you know really digging into the word of god and i was just afterwards like this is ridiculous um and then my whole thing was just kind of like, if we actually maybe did what was in here, or some of y'all maybe read this, maybe I could get on a board with a little bit. But like, sometimes I would be like, I don't think anybody has read this. Like, what are you guys even talking about or doing? And it really made me believe in treating people the right, like what I got out of it was literally like, I need to be nice to people. Apparently I should love everybody, even if I don't actually like them. And like, I need to help people with my life. And so then being also in Christian schools that were like kicking out my gay friends and stuff. And I was like, this just doesn't seem to me to be what I must have missed that part, you know, of it. I, so usually it's weird, like the contrary things and ideas that you get from, from that, like the era that we grew up in of Christianity. I feel like it's a, it was, it's a time period where like certain ideas were popular and certain ones weren't. And I remember do you guys remember that book, Jesus Freaks, that yes. DC Talk put out? <laughs> the DC Talk book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like all martyrdom stories, and it's a lot of yes. like, That's you right. know, the, about that. the, uh, the Khmer Rouge showed up to this town, and they asked the pastor where his family was hidden, and he wouldn't tell a lie. He just told them, and then they murdered them all. And I remember like going to my pastor and being like, I don't really understand. like Because if you would have just stayed home then you know you wouldn't even been there in the first place right i was like i was like i i I guess i just don't get like why would he not just why would he not try to save his family or save the villagers or whatever and and just getting like kind of a weird runaround answer on it and stuff and because the bible said thou shalt not lie so i think i was like just i didn't understand like the the whole concept of martyrdom it's like well you get martyred when you can't run away anymore or you're out of bullets. No, you, that, you have to like not run. Yeah. It's like you can't run. You're it's, supposed to stand firm, okay? It, it's There was like a martyrdom fetish uh, growing up. There was very there like... There was because I would be at youth groups where they would do that weird thing where like they put the fake gun to somebody's head, turn the lights out, and you'd hear like, boom. And I was like, this this is absolutely insane. We're all going to so have PTSD. Fucked. Like, why are we doing this? These kids and if you ask me a question and anytime you're in a stressful situation like that your brain's not even working all the way you know so like what uh you know what i just learned do you guys remember so like with with the columbine shooting right the the whole story there was that whole yeah there's this there was a whole story about the girl who was like suppose she was asked like do you believe in god she said yes and yeah that's not a true story I only I just heard that, that that wasn't true. I did. And I was like, that was a big part of the whole, you know, thing for a while. It was like, yeah. you know, you have it was to be, a narrative. I can't remember her name, but they were like, you have to be like this this girl. Yeah. You know, and her mom hard, published you know. it in a book. Her after she knew it was like not true. She's like, I choose to believe that it happened. Well, and there was I something guess- with another girl that was there and she got yeah. wounded, but she lived, and then she contested the story and People just took a dump on her, apparently. Yeah, like, I think it was a kid of a different faith who said he'd been gone. Now, this is what's weird is like 
growing up in Christianity, I feel like I was always told like, oh, I believe people would be like, I believe in God. Hey, hey, hey. It's not about just believing in God. Do you know yeah. Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? Lots of people believe in God. Like, and then all of a sudden they just got the biggest fucking boners because this girl said she believed in God. Like that yeah. means so, uh, that two Christians, like they got excited about that, but really like that, that meant so little to Christians growing up. And they talked about it all the time on how you have to believe in God. Jesus specifically and yeah. the Holy Spirit. You know, you and can't she didn't be confess her love for Christ. God. Right. Exactly. So, remember that Michael hell. W. Smith song that they wrote about it? Uh, yeah, this that's was right. your time. This was your dance. Lived every moment with nothing to chance. Oh my You've god. Done a I lot more singing that. lately on the podcast. You have. I mean guys, I went to I think my first concert was a Carmen concert. Oh. And I almost got trampled. Okay. <laughs> oh, the mosh pit got that, that lit, huh? middle, middle-aged ladies getting into it. I remember getting into the doors. Sounds like, like a Travis Scott concert. It, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but it was it was it was pretty crazy. And when I saw that he died, I was like, I felt some. I felt a little bit sad. I was like, oh my god. Well, then I learned about how he died, and I was my sympathy went down slightly. Um, oh, but, I don't know if I heard the story. <laughs> well, he had COVID, and I get—I think he was sick. Oh, but he wouldn't really do anything to kind of prevent himself from getting sicker because he was already immune compromised, and he ended up dying of COVID complications. Because I think he was still putting on like concerts and stuff, like super uh, whatever they events. were called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. had like a bank of like box fans behind him, just blowing his breath <laughs> into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any carmen albums i didn't personally but my mom did and i remember we had this like vhs tape of like all his music videos those are wild and <laughs> and so after he died i literally was like well now i have to take a trip down the rabbit hole and we are gonna watch these carmen videos and i was into first of all they were masterpieces okay they're great. Cinematic masterpieces. <laughs> a self-aware like, person were... couldn't make those. No, absolutely. <laughs> the delusion was just insane. He really, he really thought he was out here doing it, y'all. Like he was just. I, what was the budget for these too? Like who? Dude. Where would? How much money was this man making? The the one with the <laughs> the like Mission Impossible one. It's like Mission Three Sixteen, and he's yeah, like. He was- it's like 15 minutes long. And he's, oh, they're all like that long. Oh, my God. It's bad. And I then like there's like the one, one where he talks the to the war. Oh, I don't think there, I saw that one. There was like a crusade one that was hands down my favorite. It was oh, like this whole good, like story thing. That, yeah, that's an interesting time It period. was very interesting. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the message wasn't what he thought it was going to be. But it was, um, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I really just want to swing a sword and write it off as a business. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness. He had a whole armory take on the Crusades. That's a, that's a, that's a sketchy topic. You got to really be a, a warrior for the for the cause to uh, put a positive spin on the Crusades. Oh, it it definitely tried. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to admit that I didn't know. It, It was hard for me to admit that i didn't know who carmen was until the news broke that he died i had never heard of him that's wow. so funny how did you yeah. miss that i don't know 
I, you know, my parents listened to a lot of Christian music, but not, not Carbon. They were like CCM kind of music. So, like your Amy Grants, uh, your Cademan's Calls. Your, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other ones that I just. God, I did. I, oh my God. I think I did have an Amy Grant CD. Remember, did. did you know God's Property? God. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> what is that one? That shit slapped. I listened to that a lot. It was Amy Grant? No, no. no. no it was like no. a, I was like a God. I don't know. It was like Kurt gospel-y. Franklin, wasn't it? It was, was like a Kurt gospel hip hop kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They had that yeah. song Stomp. Yep. It was Kurt Franklin. Okay, we're gonna. Should I we definitely? I don't, maybe we won't get sued if we start the episode out with that as the intro. Music. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fifteen second cutoff or something like that. Yeah. Well. Well, I think it's worth the gamble. I don't think that they're gonna come out. <laughs> he he got in some hot water not too long ago for like there was like a recording of him like screaming at his son or at something his kid? like that. Yeah. That's right. Oh, god. Yeah. They're just yeah. All the all the titans are fallen. Oh god. <laughs> right, right. Right. Okay. A topic that I feel like we have not touched on very much is summer camps. And you said you went to some Christian summer camps? I did. I did. In my experience, they're insane. I, I don't oh. know what yours was like. Okay. So the summer camp was called King's Kids Camp. <laughs> and they had it all start with K's. So like as soon as oh, you pull shit. up on the side of the building, it I see where this like, is going. KKK <laughs> for oh, it, no. and so that was just one thing. Stop. <laughs> and it was it was a sleepaway camp, so you were there for a week, you know. And it was like girls and guys, and then when you became teenagers, it was like co-ed or whatever. But I mean, we used to do this thing where you had memorized Bible verses, and it was a competition between like all the campers with who could memorize the most verses in a week. And of course, every time I was there, oh, I was boring. 100%. The, the most boring version of summer camp. Of it literally time. was like, like you'd hold your Bible in the air and they'd say like, you know, John five ten, and you had to like flip through it and you'd Gorgeous. find it. And then, and then, yeah, yeah. And then you'd have, you would just memorize it and then go say it to a, a counselor and then move on to the next one. And I think one one week I memorized like 130 some verses. That's really good. Like it's just really, really ridiculous. But I mean, it was summer camps were so crazy because it was just um, they would exhaust you. And then every night you had like these altar calls and stuff like that. And I remember working at a camp in the Midwest that actually part of the camp was like a conversion therapy camp which I didn't know until I got there, but I was a counselor and I just remember having to measure girls like shorts because, you know, to make sure that they could wear it. Like when they first got there, it's like, okay, we have to go through your bag and you know, you're doing, yeah. And you're doing things and it's like a little piece of you is dying. It was so fucked up. There was always that slut with the short arms who got away with the shortest (laughs) shorts. (laughs) It was so, and I was, I'm tall. So, like, anytime I wear shorts anyway, unless they're, like, super long, they just look short because I have super long legs. And so it was just Shame horrible. And I then. just remember, yeah, like, having to deal with that. And if you had any type of curves anywhere, anything, you know, basically you needed to wear a T-shirt and sweatpants. And <laughs> yeah. I remember walking around the camp one night 
and seeing now started seeing these signs for like pray the gay away or it was adam and eve not adam and steve and i'm like where the fuck am i like what am i doing that's a joke that never gets old yeah and i realized i was on like the conversion side of the and i was like i never want to be here ever again and i and then i didn't think i really participated in anything else after i found that out because and the the altar calls were just so like emotionally manipulative you know draining, and, and, and draining i mean every night it's like a five hour thing and you're there and you gotta have your hands up and you gotta fall out and gotta do all this stuff and it's just you know a lot yeah <laughs> you gotta yeah. get saved every night i the joke ex- around my, with my brother because i tell him i'm like you literally got saved every single time anytime there was an altar call you got saved just so you know that. <laughs> yeah, let's, is your that brother is exactly older or younger? It. He's younger than me. Okay. Well, that's that's exactly how the camps were for us too. Like I went to, I went to like three years of like a wanna camp, you know, yep. in junior high, high school range, and then um, there was a family from our church that there the the father was a pastor, but he was always kind of like sort of with the church or in between churches there's like a whole group of people that sort of just live between the lines in that like ministry environment where they somehow like leech money out of these churches but never actually like really commit to one it's very strange and the wrong career path for goddamn sure (laughs) right they're almost like traveling pastors or like the traveling missionaries and stuff that would like come get their special offerings and maybe do a series for like three weeks but then you know you never saw them again <laughs> they're like revival oh, pastors that's a good business and, yeah. and some of them were out of their minds like there was a guy that just showed up and like parked his camper at our school during the summertime was this gary Busey? <laughs> right he was like gary Busey. he was a lunatic i was cutting the lawn at the school in the summertime that was like a part-time job thing that i did one year and i remember like he kept bothering me. I'm like trying to get the lawn cut so I can leave. And he kept coming out and like trying to talk to me and stuff. And then he, he had me into his camper to like eat cake and ice cream, which is, I don't like where this is going. No one knows who this guy is. No, that's so creepy. Yeah. Did he give you a, he was like, kept holding up like a tattered pair of shorts. He's like, (laughs) you look really sweaty. Do you want to wear these and finish going to work? Do you need to take a shower? What's his name? Josh Duggard. (laughs) (laughs) he would i i don't know who he was he was definitely not doing anything at our church he just kind of like landed there for like a week but i remember like one of the few things that he said that i remembered is he like gave me cake and ice cream and then he said uh he goes well uh when i'm not fishing for men i like to fish for fish do you know anywhere where i could go fishing and i was like it's Michigan. There's lakes there. I got to cut the lawn, dude. That was the perfect <laughs> opportunity for a bend over and I'll show you. That was the perfect. I fished for boys. I thought that was uh, I can't. Dude, he was that you uh you you, you might really have escaped you, something yeah, serious. Yeah, you yeah, for real. <laughs> maybe I've just blocked it out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> just rocked his fifth wheel a little bit. I don't that's so that this show's devolved into joking about oh. childhood. So, <laughs> did you wear Casey when you went to Iwana? Like, how did you wear the little uniforms and stuff? Did you get to the point where you were like too cool for it, so you left it like unbuttoned, or like did it quite do it all the way? 
I don't think we ever had uniforms. Like I showed didn't, up as cleavage. I kind of got into it late. I was doing like the junior varsity one and, and then the high school version of it, whatever that was. But my sister did the, like the more regimented, like younger kids, but I don't know that they ever had uniforms. They might've had like a vest. Was that like a thing? Like the cubbies? Yeah. Or the little kid. Yeah. They had vests. And then as you got older, I remember we had like a shirt with a little like ribbon thing and you had all your, whatever stuff you had to do. Well, they try to knock off the, the scouts. Oh yeah. 100%. That's what it was. Yeah. So, all right. What did you do after? So you did high school, you got, you, you did this camp, right? Like you did, you, you got disillusioned by the camp uh, when you realized it had to do with conversion therapy. So at, already at that point, I'm guessing that seems like high school, if you can clarify, but uh, you were not, because I mean, Casey and I were all in on this. Yeah, it's wrong to be gay. We can definitely fix that for you if you want us to. Uh, but you, that all, that wasn't sitting right with you already. No, I was never really all in, honestly. I think once I kind of got to middle school and stuff, I did it because I had to. And I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. And also there was this part of me that was genuinely petrified of going to hell, even Mm -hmm. though I didn't, I knew I didn't really believe it the same way everybody else did. And I remember you guys talking about how you would just feel like you're trying so hard and somehow there's, you're just not getting it. Like I'm standing there and I have my arms up and I'm closing my eyes I'm singing my heart out and I feel nothing. I'm like, well, I'm obviously a sociopath, you know, like this is what you're thinking because people are like crying or whatever around you. And you're just like, am I doing something wrong? But even though I felt that way, I stayed in it because I thought I had to. And I thought like, this is what, you know, I didn't want my parents to be mad at me or disappointed or whatever. So actually I ended up going to master's commission after high school you hit anyway, like everything you hit I like did. every point I don't know why. <laughs> it's incredible that you've oh literally my. landed on everything we've talked you are I basically Dude, your cubby's vest is just you look like a five-star general i bet i like. know <laughs> I don't, y'all and i don't even know there was no point in me that wanted to go i i literally the first day there we're sitting in this church service and like your parents are getting ready to leave because it was like the end of the weekend. And I'm just sobbing. I am absolutely just sobbing because I didn't want to be there, you know, and I'm just like, this is a terrible mistake. I got kicked out. Um, <laughs> What'd you do? Voice your opinion about uh, something? I voiced a lot of opinions. <laughs> I was, um, I was in the Midwest. I was in Illinois and it just, I mean, it's just a different type of people from the East Coast. You know, I grew up in Jersey mostly and then in um, NEPA and Scranton area and stuff. And it just, I did, they didn't like me. I didn't like them. And I was never going to be like quiet and humble and meek. You know, um, I felt like I was always seen as like the opposite of like the proverb, what, 31, 30 woman or yeah. whatever. Like everything in there, it would be like, oh, be this. And I was like, this is definitely what I am. Um, you're not dying shirts you're not <laughs> taking them to the market like what do you do yeah, no, no i'm not doing any of this <laughs> and and i think once i was there that's when i actually made the decision like i'm leaving like this is i'm done with this um we studied berean 
when we were there. And I actually, that was the only part that I liked. I loved that. Because Expand I loved what is that? It's the, so now I don't know how accurate everything in this thing was, but it's the curriculum and you really deep dive a study of the history of the Bible and where you're reading biblical events. And then also it gives you like the history of like what actually was happening. And I love just researching and finding out things that like, oh, this guy was like a real dude, you know, and this person was like a real person and stuff. But even in that, I still was like, I don't, I can help people and I don't have to go down this path. Like I can, I really battled with, can I be a good person and not necessarily be a Christian? And so I think those like the two years no. that I was there, yeah, keep going. <laughs> that's what I was, you know, battling with was trying to figure that out. And I think that's why I stayed so long because I didn't want to be considered a bad person. And that's how they, you know, I mean, basically it was like a, you know, fear tactics all the time. Well, you know, if you turn your back on God, you're going to hell. And that means somehow like you're going to go murder people. And I was like, there has to be somewhere in the middle where like, I maybe don't go to church every Sunday, but I'm also not a murderer. Like, can we have something? (laughs) They have a way of decentralizing that conversation to say something like, uh, it's not all about being a good person, you know, like there, there, of course there are good people out in the world who have, you know, that I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Lord Savior. They're doing some good stuff, but you know, as, as Paul says, it's all filthy rags and worthless unless you accept it's like, okay, get the fuck out of my face. Ours is more like, there are no good people. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> are they a really good person? Yeah. Well, how do you define heart, good? You know, yeah, yeah. you don't know if they're doing behind closed doors. And none of us they're are doing good. nothing. Christ, <laughs> Christ's blood makes us like, oh. Okay. Was the, the master's commission that you, the chapter that you were a part of, was it similar to like, uh, the other ones that we've heard about where it's like a big church and they have like a house and stuff. So it's all live on campus sort of thing. Yeah. So ours was one of the really big ones. Um, there was about like a top three masters that got really, really big at one point. And so we had actually dorms. Um, and then if you couldn't afford the dorms, you could live with like a family in the church and stuff. And there, I mean, there were so many crazy stories about some of these church people that, you know these 18 19 year olds had to live with and i bet that shit was weird oh god it was so weird and i mean basically we were slave labor i was gonna say if you can't afford the dorms the bone (laughs) like you did anytime the church did anything you did it you know um you were their labor you ran everything you're always exhausted and tired and you know you're doing it for the good of the lord and you're serving a community and stuff and it just was like and i remember they used to always try to tell us well, this is what college is going to be like i went to college it's nothing like that like yeah, no, nobody cares if you're, if you're not than, there uh, nobody cares like <laughs> Dude, that is, i had it's... surgery at one point and they and they literally were like you need to get up and come work and i, I was like i i can't i i can't come work and it was you know, and I remember hearing those things where it's like the reason that you're sick is because you have unchecked sin in your life. Well, like that shit fucked me up for a long time. Like that one line was just the I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. There's awful. a part of that stuff that you wonder. Like, there's some things that I think happen naturally, and there's not necessarily like nefarious motives behind stuff, you know, like the 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 stuff like with camp. Cause I, I mean, that, that was my experience too. It was like, 
they just run you into the ground during the day. And then you go to these big meetings and altar calls and they last for hours, you know, and you're exhausted. Like you're, you're exhausted. Asleep. You're still, t- all right, yeah. Like you're crying for no reason. Cause you're just dead, you know? And like, I think a, a lot of that was just, dude, keep the kids busy or else they get into trouble sort of thing, you know, in that setting, but it worked in the same way. I, like something like master's commission, you kind of wonder like, did they, understand i mean that's a classic like cult control tactic is you know you get you keep people exhausted you keep them hungry you use yeah, every spare yeah. second of their time and and they're they're easy to control you know like they don't have the time to sit around and think about what doesn't make sense about the rules and stuff like so being that you like you moved a lot you switched schools and things like that did you have like some close friends that you went into like something like master's commission did you have like some close friends that went there with you or were you kind of like you know st- doing it on I your did, own? actually um so my best friend from when i was four um she also was an army brat too so both of us multiple times would end up coming back to like the small christian school and she actually introduced me to masters because she lived in the Midwest and like they came to her church, I think, you know, did a human video, you know, danced to some terrible song and she wanted to go. So her and, and a couple other close friends that we had all went, but they went right after high school. I went to college first for a year and then I went. Um, so when I got there, I had, you know, friends and, and stuff like that, that were already there. And even still, it was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you had tasted that's freedom. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bold was, move, leaving it, college it, to go it to was. commission. Well, I think I ran into kind of what a lot of us kids that grew up like we did, did where your parents are kind of like, well, if I'm going to pay for you to go to school, I'm going to pick where you're going to go you know, and that's kind of what was, what was happening. So it wasn't like I really wanted to go there, but I didn't feel like I could at that time support myself, you know, and and go somewhere else. So I ended up there. (laughs) Explain the the human videos, human centipede videos. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. So actually tonight I was watching this movie called tough. And my friend yes. said, it definitely, he was like, this, he was like, it's definitely the human centipede. And I was like, are we talking one, two or three though? Cause I need, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I'm tough. glad you know what that is. Casey. <laughs> I didn't finish it yet. Oh, it's so it's good. Correct. Sam, have you watched it? I don't know what this is. I'm waiting for an explanation. Oh God. I don't it's, even uh, know. it's a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> I, that means nothing to me elaborate you know like clerks it's a horror or... it's a horror oh, 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 oh okay yeah and it's about a guy who's like a you know radio what shock jock. Is? yeah oh yeah think about that but just uh, a walrus not a human <laughs> it's it's so good <laughs> i don't I, I, i'm gonna i need you to watch it <laughs> I, yeah. is this on netflix amazon prime maybe yeah it's floating around somewhere i, I think yeah. it is on prime actually that one in uh, Red State are both really good. Another Kevin Smith one. <laughs> um, yeah, so a human video basically is you take like a Christian song and basically make like a music video that either goes along kind of with like the lyrics to the song or sometimes they'll just make up a whole other scenario and it like plays to the music. 
So you're not actually dancing, really. Mostly it's just you kind of acting out. Yes. Yes, it is. It is mostly just acting out these, like, movements or different things. You know, the the you're at the party and so you get in a car with somebody and a drunk driving happens or whatever. And it's like, you know, okay. somebody playing in the background, Michael W. Smith or whatever, like, you know, and... <laughs> I know so, these, yeah. Yes. Um, people come so back, they, then there's like the afterlife fight between. Yeah. <laughs> no, fight I, sequence I, really, at the end. I don't be, deserve to be here. Yeah. yeah. Anybody <laughs> do the Columbine song? Call back. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, there was always just so many and they would go into schools and, you know, youth groups and stuff. And there was people that would travel around, um, to go to different places and do it and everything. You know, they used to make us work at Zig Zidler's, um, like, conferences. What? How does that <laughs> tie in? Do you know who Zig Ziglar is, Sam? <laughs> he's, he's like a, he's like a sales trainer. <laughs> like an old-timey oh motivational God. speaker and sales trainer. First of all, this man was so old. I was calling him Ziggy. I had never even heard of him. All I knew is I was like, we we got rented out for like a weekend. So basically they would give the church an undisclosed amount of money and we would go work these conferences for like a weekend and stuff. So, and we'd be, you know, at the merch table or showing people to their seats or, you know, cleaning bathrooms, doing literally anything and everything at these conferences. And we didn't see anything from that. You know, you're slaving away for a whole weekend and not sleeping. And then that they, the church got some amount of money and that was it. Well, and there was That's, no Christian tie in there. Was there? I, I didn't see it. Uh, you know, I just heard about a lot about servant leadership and stuff like that, you know? So. Oh, a lot yeah. of good opportunities to yeah. show people yeah. the love of Christ through your servitude. Zig Ziglar's got a bunch of those like, cheesy quotes that you see on posters in like sales conference rooms and stuff it's like okay if you keep on doing what you're doing you're gonna keep on getting what you get okay yeah yeah yeah. that uh, very <laughs> yeah familiar. but it was it was very weird you know and we're selling these like cassette tapes and dvd things and i mean the stuff was expensive and like people can you hear her in the background nope okay no. um People were spending thousands of dollars on the stuff and it was people who didn't have the money to do that. You know what I mean? And it's like people are giving up all their money because this guy is telling them that this is the way to success. And, you know, $8,000 so you can have this whatever stuff. And it it was so much money. And I thought it was just so ridiculous. It was really, really sad, you know? Yeah, it's awful. It's like, it's so predatory. That's my favorite detail of, of the the Master's Commission saga that we've that continues. <laughs> That's yeah, so funny. Yeah. That's it is funny that like the tie-in is in that it's the exact same as like prosperity gospel stuff. Yeah. It's like the same pitch, it's the same timeshare presentation, but mm. with like different <laughs> key points. You know, we're not talking about like uh, you know financial security through godly stewardship or something like that we're talking about like uh striking out as an entrepreneur and there's a business within everyone and blah 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 same right and then it's and it's just you 
you know, I feel like that kind of goes with the missionary stuff. You know, you have these people who don't have money to do this stuff and you're basically guilting them into spending all their money on something. And it's just like, I remember being at Acquire the Fire and I was going to go on this missions trip and they're like, you know, here you can take this little class on, you know, ways to like raise money to go and stuff like that. And it was just so ridiculous and so privileged. And, you know, it was like, you have to pay $8,000 to go help poor people in some country where to me, that just seemed like an extremely large amount of money to go do whatever. And then they're like, you know, ask the church for money instead of Christmas gifts, tell your family that you want money for your missions trip, you know, write letters to people and ask them for money. It's like, well, what if everybody I know is poor? Like who was, who was doing this? And it's just, you know, you're not helping people actually learn how to be responsible and maybe like save 10% of their money every month or do something like that. You know, you're just ripping people off and they, they believe you like we're from master's commission working this conference. So they think we're like these good Christian people. And we're telling you to basically, you know, well, sell your car so you can afford to pay for whatever series to learn how to like get more money. Oh my God. That is so awful. I remember having to raise money for the one missions trip. Uh, I went on two missions trip, but I think one was like cheap enough where I had to raise money for it. Cause it was uh, a domestic missions trip inner city. Let's be honest. It's <laughs> inner city. Uh, <laughs> but uh and no, the other one was seem as less than, you know, that wasn't as they were. As like, yeah. You know. uh, I, I definitely remember because after you have to do your debrief in front of church, I definitely remember being like, look, at first I didn't really want to do whatever it was that I was doing. And then I did. And, you know, I think I I think I got more out of it than the people that I was even <laughs> serving every okay. time. Well, that's a great every line. Time. Every time. <laughs> I remember being like paired up with people that I didn't know well or like, or not like, I just didn't know them. I didn't really, uh, you know, when you go on a mission strip with your youth group, like you have an idea of the kind of which people you want to hang out with and be grouped yeah, up with. Yeah. They love to just like, just put smash that to pieces and put you that in, you hate. You don't really know. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, well, it, you know, at first I was like, I don't know about this. And then it was a really good opportunity. And I built some great relationships that absolutely didn't last because they never fucking do. Like, yeah, just right. yeah, tell people yeah. how great it was. And then you stop being friends. Like the next week at youth group, you see him. You're like, hey, we're real close now, right? Uh, oh, oh, that person's ignoring me. I'm back to being a weirdo. No one <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my, my dad would get so angry about the the missions trip fundraising because it was like the same people that would do it every year. It was like their routine to go on a missions trip every summer or whatever. And they'd go to like Costa Rica for three weeks and do who knows what, you know, sweep the church and then hang out at the beach for the rest of the time or something. And stop sweeping the dirt floor. It's not getting. (laughs) And sometimes like I went to Morocco once and it was, I love, that's probably one of my favorite places ever that I've ever been. It was beautiful. The people were beautiful. The food is amazing. I ate anything I could get my hands on. We did nothing. We like there, I literally every day was like, why are we here? Besides me hanging out in a desert, trying to learn Arabic and eat. Like we're not, we spent a lot of money to come here and be here for two weeks. And what did we do? What was the point of this? Nothing. We did the same thing in Mexico. 
you know, there was like, we didn't do anything. We went there to host like basketball camps. And I think we did one the whole week. Cause it that like that story is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. I don't remember if so I told good. the, uh, the, the end piece of that story. Did I talk about the golden corral fiasco? Was that when you, you guys went, all got food poisoning or just you hadn't eaten normal food for a while? Yeah. Yeah, I think I told that. We don't need to revisit that. <laughs> we had one where we were coming back from somewhere and we were at like Shoney's or something and they had like a muscle or clam and um, Shoney's we decided to have muscles. like a little, <laughs> a little contest. And see, like who could eat the most like mussels or clams or whatever it was. And, you know, we got sick on the yeah. way home, you know, <laughs> from figure. like so sick and figures. <laughs> right. But it was just like we came back from somewhere not being able to eat for a while. And then, you know, we're all eating this buffet seafood and like Wisconsin or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. I yeah. just got a memory from I want to hear. We'll move on to hear a little bit more about you. I have to bring this up. Did, Did you, you eat a, pie, a big plate of barnacles no. at Shoney's? <laughs> I didn't. I don't even know what Shoney's is. I don't think they got those in New England. But uh, Did you guys, were you guys familiar with the 30-hour the famines? Yes. What? That shit was fucking whack. That's so dumb. You people paid you not to eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll pay for two oh, hours. This is like a... Pay me a dollar every time I walk around the high school track, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like so it'd be like a lock-in type thing, right? You get locked into the youth group gym. You, you don't eat for thirty hours and have water and shit. But you, the point is to, you know, you raise money for people who can't eat, I guess, and then uh, you pretend like you know how hard it is after all you've done. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so if bad. they played it up like if it was more than just not eating it'd be kind of cool like if they filled the church sanctuary with grasshoppers and you know everybody got boils or something like that like you do I, like I a really... real like exodus plague sort of uh oh, lock-in and if they would have told you can't sleep either you know like that would have been terrible yeah i think that's the next squid games that's the next squid games right there <laughs> i'm you hungry lock people in and you just give them all all the plagues that were afflicted on Egypt. That that's a fucking wild Netflix premise. Right there. And on the seventh day, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and they were cursed with muscles from Shoney's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thirty hour. I I will shout out my uh, youth pastor. He did not do a second one. I, I remember asking him specifically. Uh, I was like, hey, what are we ever gonna, are we going to do one of those? Like, you get you like the idea of doing those things. You, as a kid in youth group, you're like, I just want to do anything that'll get me out of my house. Yes, the homeschool yes. kid. Like, so I, I remember asking yeah. him, like, are are we going to do that again? And he's like, I don't think so. I was like, oh, how come? And he actually had he was very like, you know, we did it. Uh, I just don't know if they're like that great. I think there's some issues. Yeah. With it. And I was like, okay, I didn't really get into it, but. I, there was he was a brand, he was like a fresh out of college youth pastor. I think he was just trying to set up all the events. And after he did it, he was I'll, I'll shout him out for realizing that that those aren't great ideas. And he, he was just like, on. I get low blood pressure when I don't or low blood sugar when I don't eat. And it makes me cranky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like, it was just like, so crazy, though, like how many like you do all this stuff and then just. <laughs> You know it's terrible, but because you have no other friends and like no other social outlet, 
yep. who gladly go along with anything like any lock-in or retreat or you know anything i could do i would always go just so i didn't have to be home yeah i got a rough uh fundraiser that that we did when i was like a freshman or something like that we had a slave auction shut the fuck up that's what they called it and like all of the high school kids like went up on stage and they would auction them off to people in the congregation. Like they would. Oh, and you would like have to go like mow people's lawns or clean out their attics and stuff like that. Yeah, I had to like tear down a shed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! But we only did that. That well, I think they had done it yearly up to that point, but they only did one while I was involved. (laughs) That's probably wouldn't play well today. Probably no, not. Probably not. not really. <laughs> okay, ever. So after you, you did masters for a little bit, and then did you go back to college, or is that when you joined the military? That's when I joined the military. Yeah. Okay. And you did. You said you did an eight-year stint in that. What, how was your experience with that? Pretty good. You know, um, I was a gunner's mate in the Navy, so I was on an aircraft carrier. I did a couple deployments and stuff. Worked with weapons. Um, train people on how to use them my last couple years i was a naval military training instructor and so basically had kids because they were you know 18 to 21 years old uh fresh out of boot camp and kind of just teaching them how to become better sailors and you know a good sailor and stuff so i did that after leaving master so that was a completely different environment you know and very exciting and it was just probably the first you know, adult freedom experience I had where I could just like do whatever. And so I feel like I spent so much time trying to figure out like who I was and what I actually really liked and didn't like, and not actually what I could like and couldn't like and stuff like that. But yeah, so I I did the Navy thing. And I had my daughter while I was in, um, got married, got divorced. So very military, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) You did it all. You've, you've so done all. all of it, Amber. You've done all the things <laughs> everywhere. Tried it out once. Hey, it wasn't yeah, for you. No, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. <laughs> Some of the stuff I really forgot about until I would hear you guys talking about it. And I was like, oh, my God. I totally forgot about that horrific thing that, you know. It really <laughs> is weird how, like, you get, like, those, those flashes. All of a sudden, like, you hear somebody tell a story and you're like, oh, man, I haven't thought about that and forever you know like oh i went to a pentecostal church one time and had no idea what was going on you know but oh my goodness so like master's commission was kind of the end of your christianity like your your time as a christian like when you so was it did you leave christianity like quietly subtly or did you kind of like say hey i'm i'm out um, no, I, I was, I was bitter and mad and, <laughs> and hated everything to do with it. I was very loud about it. Um, and cause I was, I was really hurt, you know, it left me with a lot of wounds that it took a really long time and therapy to kind of patch all those things, you know, like you have this stuff that is so instilled in you with like, Security culture and you have to do this and you have to do that and you can't do this you can't do that you know and you're just trying to figure out who you are and 
you know, I, I have a, a disease called little syndrome, which is I have um, low potassium and really high blood pressure. And so there's a lot of times I look back that I was sick when I was little and there's actually something really wrong with me. And, you know, there are so many times that I heard, you know, you're not praying hard enough. You're not close enough to God. You know, you're <sighs> there's a sin is taking hold in your life. There's a foothold in there somewhere. Um, because if you were living your life this way or that way, you know, you wouldn't be sick. So, you know, if somebody gets cancer, they have unchecked sin or whatever. And so you have all this stuff that you have to kind of like, I guess they call it deconstruct, you know, now and one by one kind of go through all those things. So I was very angry and loud about it. And then, you know, it was like, oh, I'm going to be an atheist or whatever. And then I kind of got to the point where I just was like, all right, I'm not mad anymore. Because I think that there are genuinely people who believe in a lot of this craziness. And I think one of you guys said it when you were talking about your parents, you know, like I remember my mom anointing my head with oil in the middle of the night, you know, to like pray for us. And yeah, that's crazy and super weird. And when I tell people who didn't grow up the way we did about it, they look at me like I'm insane, but it's like, this woman loved me so much that she was up in the, at two o'clock in the morning praying for me because she genuinely believed I was going to go to hell because I, you know, was not living my life right, you know? And so they put you in these schools and churches because they think that it's really going to like be good for you and save your soul. And, uh, and my, me and my mom are, are pretty close and she's actually gotten out of the church a lot herself as well. But, you know, I tell her about some of this stuff and she's like, I didn't even, so much of it she didn't realize of like what we kind mm -hmm. of went through with like the youth groups and different things. And I'll talk to her about it and she's like, I know I signed you up for that and I know I dropped you off and you went, but I had no idea what the whole thing entailed. I went yeah. to <laughs> True Love Waits. I don't know if you guys had the pleasure. Oh. You literally One did everything. And Try to see if it's like everything. Oh, yeah. well, this is this it? Is this the thing I need? No, if this right. was evangelical bingo, you'd be taking home oh, the, God, uh, I would the farm. Totally, I would totally get it. And I remember being there, and it was like I think maybe like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. At the end of it, you got married to Jesus, which wasn't even the worst part about it. Stop. We we I did not want it. Like this was probably one of the things I protested the most. And they gave you like this ring and all this stuff. And they made us watch this video. Now, I don't know how edited or genuine this video was, but we had to watch the video of a baby being aborted. And oh. I literally, I, it, I was so traumatized. I mean, when I say there wasn't a dry eye, like every single kid in this church is sobbing, like sobbing. And I remember dreaming about this video for months. Like I was really, really fucked up after yeah. watching that and I was like telling my mom about it recently because I had her listening to you guys' podcast and stuff and like we'll be laughing about it and she was like I had no idea they showed you that like none she said I you know I would have never had you go to that you know and stuff that's and and, so and awesome. I'm like yeah that's I was so that was probably one of the worst that and the I'm gonna add another one guys the right to life marches in DC <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, you went to DC for it. Dang. Oh yeah. <laughs>
what's wild about what they do with uh, what evangelicals do about abortion is like they you know they call the left the abortion and they act like everyone loves it like they have an abortion party and it's amazing yeah. and they make a cake and fucking give you presents and shit like that and it's like you're not really gonna find many people like you can find it certainly you could go to the extreme what you're looking for uh but you don't really find people who are celebrating abortions you're finding people who are reluctantly getting them because that's not the ideal choice for a lot of people or it's like like there are plenty of people who are just like oh you know i got pregnant i guess i'll get an abortion and of course that's the thing but for the most part like what evangelicals are pretending exists uh which is that which are people like oh i can't wait to get another abortion like that's not what that's not how this works and how how it looks and it's like at all that's what's so frustrating and misleading about the the way we were presented like so to make you watch a video of something an abortion is like people are doing that like look, look the the world loves these things we're gonna show you how bad they are it's like no one thinks they're great nobody no nobody does that you should be able to get one and have access to it think that that's an amazing thing that they want to watch a video of no and if you there. didn't take away everything to help people not get to that point you know if you taught sex education and people and kids were able to, and i say kids you know middle school high school are able to learn how to protect themselves properly not get right. pregnant not get stds um not be in abusive relationships learn healthy sex practices you then take away the need for abortion if you have access to affordable birth control and um you know, people live in medical deserts where there's no access yeah. to medical care and facilities and different things. So you have people doing things and, you know, risking it all because they don't have access to these things. And so, like, uh, you're looking at abortion, but I feel like that's, the, uh, you know, a byproduct of something that we're not focusing on. If you would teach people how to properly do things, then you wouldn't even need to get to that point. You know, all yeah. the, the places that teach absence only have very high STD rates and very high teen pregnancy rates. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, kids are still going to do things and now they just don't know how to do it. And teaching a kid about sex doesn't make them go have sex. Like, it's not like you're going to teach people all this stuff and then they're going to be like, yes, today we're going to go try this. And it's, you're just going to teach them and the people who are going to wait are going to wait and the people who aren't, aren't. Exactly. And I think it was like, like my thoughts on it and the way that I thought it was explained, you know, the policy of like not having such a sex ed, not handing out condoms and all of this kind of stuff that just makes sense. If you don't want abortions, make birth control available, you know, yeah. but it was like, it wasn't about like, well, if, if we teach kids about this, then they're going to be more likely to try it. It was about the consequences are there to punish you. For right not, for doing the things that you're not supposed to do you're taking away the consequences and these people but you're gonna punish with somebody the for the rest of their life for, yeah for something that lasts two minutes you know like you're we're gonna punish you forever for this and it's and then they just shun people who you know we've all had the girls in school who or church who ended up pregnant i remember we had a pastor's daughter who got pregnant and they made her stand up in front of the church and like apologize Ugh, and I, I was just so I didn't understand and I remember even my mom at the time didn't agree with it because she was like they should have just like we don't need to know all this information 
But right. she, you know, they justify it. You know, well, you have to expose sin and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I just feel like some of this stuff is so cruel and mean. Yeah. She already has to deal with the teen pregnancy and not being married and being broke and all that stuff. Like, why now publicly shame her for things like Jesus could have been shaming that lady at the well. You know, he wasn't on the megaphone. He just was like, here, all right, see you later. Like, yeah. <laughs> and right. you have to expose sin. You, you mean you have to expose that sin. Okay, because we're not making brother Tom stand up and talk about how he embezzled money from his company and had to do a six month stint in jail. You know, like, what about that sin? Does that sin not matter? It's like, wow, you know, finders keepers, you know, but don't he didn't sin against his body. Okay, it's different. Uh, Yeah. yeah. The worst. Also, there's such an irony to um, the Christians being like there's that. Oh my God, a, a life is beautiful. We don't want abortions. Like being pregnant, having a child, bringing a child in this world, children are beautiful. They're a gift from God. But then it's just like also simultaneously the punishment for having sex. And now it's like a burden to you for the rest of your life. Like, it's such a yeah. mixed message. It's not, it, it's a consequence for your actions, but then it's like supposedly also supposed to be something wonderful and beautiful. And then you're stuck trying to like figure out how to navigate that makes a teenager. Yeah. And you can't be believe in life on one hand and then, you know, kind of like death on the other. I remember being actually in college before I went to masters and I went to a, both universities that I, that I graduated from were Jesuit um, Catholic. So I was at this like Bible study thing and the nun who was talking about it, she said, you can't be pro-life and pro-death at the same time. And I remember thinking she was right. And it took me the opposite way because I went from thinking abortion was completely wrong to now saying, okay, well, now I agree with this. And <laughs> and now I don't agree with the death penalty. I went <laughs> the total opposite yeah. way of like whatever way she was saying. And I was like, you're right. I can't be pro-life and then also pro-death penalty so like I'm just like you know and in my head I just I would think about that all the time it's like some of the stuff is so backwards and so mixed up and if I'm gonna believe that all life is sacred and believe in helping people then I have to believe in helping everybody you know whether that's gay people or trans people or people I don't agree with their lifestyle who cares you know if somebody needs help that's what that's what I thought we were supposed to be about and, and be helping people with. And and that's what being a good person is, is being able to serve your community and helping people in need. And it, and it doesn't really matter what you want to do in your bedroom. It doesn't matter if you had, you know, kids out of wedlock or if you're divorced or whatever, and all these little hangups that we have to gatekeep people Mm -hmm. are just used to gate people, gatekeep a certain type of people who can keep up facades, and things like that and and have the ability to do that and then us regular people just kind of are you know shit out of luck because you're never gonna live up to that standard you know ever yeah they have this um they'll talk about it being everything being a heart issue right oh it's a a heart but then they're not they're interested in behavior modification through and through like yeah it's like they'll tell you on one hand that the, the heart is corrupt or that like well, you, you know, without giving your life to Christ, that it's all meaningless, that you know, your heart isn't 
isn't good. Or so like, even if you're doing good things, that's a problem. But then when you have people who are doing bad things, they're like, or what they consider to be bad. Now the actions are the problem. It's not about the heart. And they're like, well, you know, you wouldn't be doing that if your heart was in the right place. But then all you have to do is modify your behavior, which is what a lot of people do on a Sunday morning. They modify their yeah. behavior and then they go, well, your actions now represent your heart. Obviously, we can. It, it, they just apply it kind of frivolously. Uh, they do. When, when yeah. they want your actions to be indicative of your heart. Now that they are, they are. They, they get to go. I like the way this guy lives his life. Uh, he says the right things and he, you know, mm-hmm. he shows up to church on Sunday. And so therefore his actions uh, are reflective of his heart. But then the second you do something they don't like or think yeah. the wrong thing, <laughs> if you think the wrong thing, but your actions are doing what they want, it's like, now oh, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. Your, your message isn't right. Therefore we're concerned. They're concerned about the beliefs and the important, like, and it's hard. It, and I think people end up very depressed and anxious because you're trying to basically be perfect yeah, you know can't and, stuff. and you can't you can't and it and I would just remember being so sad sometimes because I was like I can't do this like I'm never gonna be whatever this person is that yep. that they want me to be and so I'm just shit out of luck like I don't know where does that leave me uh you know what am I gonna do because you know, people are mad at you because I'm not coming to church in, in church shoes and a skirt. So somehow my heart's wrong because I want to wear a t-shirt and jeans or, you know, and it's all these stupid little tiny things that to me got in the way of like, are we actually supposed to be nice and love people or are we, are you worried about like what I have on today? You know, I think, I think that's one of the things too, is like the further you get away from it and the less like the less it stings you personally, like the stuff that you, that you experienced and went through and they're now trying to sort out, the more you start to look at it and go, this is like a hallmark of fundamentalism rather than necessarily like Christianity. Like yeah, yeah. fundamentalism is a rigid ideology that no one can live up to. I mean, that's part of like what the problem is with it. And I think when you start looking at people like uh, parents, family members, you know, people within the church that, I mean, it's easy to look at some of these issues and, and just assume that like everybody in that building is anti, you know, is, is pro-life and everybody in that building is anti gay and all that stuff. And I think a lot of people within Christianity, within the church that are still part of it are somewhat like handcuffed by that fundamentalism. You know, you think about like stuff like, you know, you talk about like your mom anointing your head with oil. Like she thought she was doing a good thing. She probably also felt a little silly doing that, but she was like trying to live up to the standard. Like that was told, you know, that was expressed as like, this is an important thing that you need to do for your kid. And you're like, I feel awkward, but. Okay. If it's, if it's good for them, I'll do it. And I think there's a lot of people within the church, you know, that they're, they're going through the motions on some of this stuff because that's what the current, that's the direction the current's pulling, but it doesn't mean that they're not conflicted about some of this stuff. And I think that's where, you know, like people have to like give these people the room to change and to evolve and do better, you know? And I think that over time, a lot of them do. I mean, we all did, right? Right. And you have to give people grace. And when you're in it, you know, you're in it, you're Mm -hmm. living it, you're going to school, 
you know, that's all your friends. You're at church three times a week. Like that's the only people that you're around and you don't see anything wrong with it. So it ends up, it's very cult-like, you know, if you watch any type of like cult documentary and stuff, so much of what we talk about is the, the structure is structured the same way to where they keep you isolated from anything in the outside world, keep you in a bubble, keep you exhausted, keep you working hard, keeping you needing these people for your basic thing. And then they're kind of controlling everything. Um, I remember watching like Waco or something and the, the way the girls were dressing in there, I literally was like, when I used to go to school at like these Bob Jones schools, the teachers used to look just like that. Like, it looked, and I, you know, they had the very like long dresses with like up to here buttoned. And I was like, that weird, like pompadour the weird hair, dude. Pop- they had the weird <laughs> hair and everything. I was like, why? You guys look exactly the same as this. And then it's just so crazy, but you do, you keep, and then those people, it's hard for them to see anything outside of that because they don't know anything. And you do have to give people grace and room to kind of try to get out of that and, and figure it out on our own and stuff. And luckily I was able to read a lot. So I think that partly is why I maybe was never invested. I, the first book that I loved to read was Dracula. So obviously I was on a completely different path <laughs> than, you know, everyone else. But I feel bad for other kids who were never allowed to just pick up a secular book or, or poems or anything to kind of see what the outside world was like because I remember being at Masters and the the people were so confused as to how I could have had drink and had sex and smoked weed and my life wasn't a disaster and I was like there's room in between guys like you always hear the extreme about well you know you have a sip of alcohol your life's gonna fall apart I was like no there was nothing wrong with my life I wasn't down and like I was going to college I had great grades you know, I partied with my friends on the weekends, like, everything was fine. I and, you know, and they had to like reconcile this. Well, I thought if you like smoked weed once, you know, you were just, your life was on this never ending track, and you're going to end up being a homeless person riding a train, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and people have such extreme views. It's like, no, you're just a normal, regular person doing normal, regular people things. like doing this one thing isn't going to totally take you out, you know, you were a real problem in that place. I can tell. Oh God. I mean, <laughs> they <could> not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I had a lot of self-awareness as a kid and I probably, cause I moved around so much, I was able to kind of watch people and, and pick up different things. So I, I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like. And I think having that strong personality, definitely I butted heads with adults in the church constantly nobody was like nobody wanted their kids to hang out with me <laughs> that oh, was a sinner <laughs> all right you've mentioned a few buzzwords that i gotta pin you down on uh <clears throat> you mentioned serial killers earlier you brought up cults <laughs> a couple of times you know all this same macabre terrible stuff that i am yes i am i love it <laughs> Awesome. I absolutely love. Obviously, I was watching Tusk earlier today, so I mean, <laughs> there's a reason we clicked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, being that you're a podcast fan, I always, I'm always interested. Like, what are your favorite podcasts? So, it's what are your like weekly go tos? 
Um, so Lore actually got me into podcasts. Um, so that was probably my first one that I really listened to and loved. And I love um, True Crime Garage because they talk about crimes and then also they drink beer, which I'm here for. Is that the one with um, the captain? Yes, yes. Okay. And me and the captain have chatted a couple times. He's so nice. Um, and I love Fruit Loops, which does the serial killers of color and stuff. And um, I don't know if you've watched six, or listened to 1619, which, you know, the conservatives hate uh, because they feel like it's trying. This was 1619 podcast came out before people started talking about critical race theory. And it basically dives into a lot of the history of the U.S., um, okay. And it's really, really good though. I think it's maybe only five episodes and stuff. So you guys should definitely check that one out. I love Dateline, the classic, just, <laughs> you know, I'll be like in the Chris Hansen stuff. Like, yeah. Yes. I love, I'm like, oh my God, girl, what? She poisoned him? No. You know? <laughs> Chris Hansen has done a couple of like, like random podcasts lately with comedians that I listen to. And he is an interesting guy and he is like all in on the to catch a predator stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is his passion project. He likes looking them in the face and, and watching them realize their, their world is over. Yeah. (laughs) He does. There was one guy on a Dateline episode that he was like, and if you remember, he was also on to catch a predator. I was like, Ooh, girl, you don't have to blow up his spot like that. (laughs) (laughs) he's got a lot of merit badges too he's like the he's like the amber of the pervert world (laughs) (laughs) i know it's so fun i never thought that i had you know like done all of these like very (laughs) christian things and then as i was like listening to you guys and then when i was listening to um gangster capitalism and stuff i was like god i really was just all my even my brother he's like you were girl you were all in yeah. Like you were in there deep. You like you even went to masters, and I was like, and I don't even know why, guys. Like I can't. <laughs> yeah, like the only thing left uh, for you to do is like, I mean, unless you've already been to a promise keepers meeting, like maybe oh be an God. usher or something. <laughs> 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 you definitely oh, have the most accolades of anyone yeah. that I've oh, ever talked God. to. You because can... I, you know, I I have that perfectionist thing from I think. <laughs> You know, Christianity really stuck, and I'm always trying to like meet bullets. You know, some somehow get it all under my belt, or you know, I thought that if I did all those things, I genuinely thought it would turn me into like a Midwestern housewife Christian mother who like homeschools her like four kids, and you know, is sings in the choir at church, and you know, bake muffins on a bake sale. Like if you know, if I could just do all this stuff and kind of get there. You check all the boxes, you do all the right things. Eventually you'll, <clears throat> it'll feel right. in the life that you're told you're supposed to want is going to yeah. fall into place. It's like, yeah, it's right. wild. It's like a real classic Christian housewife. You know, the type that would have like gotten addicted to laudanum back in the I'm trying to see, like, there's stuff that I've been wondering with, like, how did a lot of our parents get from, you know, free love and the 70s to, like, the 80s and 90s to making us go to acquire the fire? Like, where you were, you know, and I hear so many stories about 
even so on the cult side of it, it's really the same thing because you had the drug fueled 60s and 70s and the free love and stuff. And a lot of people either turn to very fundamental fundamentalist Christianity or to cults. Mm -hmm. And it kind of was that same structure, maybe that that kind of called people because I'm like, my mom grew up in California, hate Ashbury and like Jimi Hendrix and Janet Joplin, Janet Joplin. And I'm like, you were so cool. How did we get to the point where you're like policing my crop top when y'all were just like in the mud naked at Woodstock? Like what, like how did we, how did we get here? (laughs) It is fascinating. That is like incredible. That's like the whole Jesus movement thing and all of that. It's it's all a part of that, you know? And I, yeah. I just think humans are cyclical. Like when we experience like the, the peak of one type of experience, like we go for the trough of a different one, you know? And yeah. And I mean, I guess you can see how it happens. Like if you were a part of that whole movement and, you know, going nuts in the sixties and then you watch your friend, die of a drug overdose or something like like that stuff shifts your perspective you know yeah, it's yeah. hard to see it as 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 you know fun and pure and stuff like that after you see the ramifications of like you know it spits somebody out in in a bad shape but yeah it's, it's just so crazy it's it's like wow we came so far and then just to it's almost like we came so far and then it kind of like moved women backward because I, you know, it's so much of it was like women's liberation yeah, and stuff like that. And then I feel like the, the Christianity of like the eighties and nineties definitely put us back in the kitchen and back to like, you know, you need to take care of your husband and your family first and he needs to be the head and you've got to be the neck or whatever, like mess that they were like. So we all have to take a blood oath. That we're right. not going to find our way into some weird concern. We're not going to double back into the same kind of weird shit that you know the. Uh, I mean, they have you marrying Jesus did. or marrying your dad, and so, like so <laughs> much of it is so. And as women too, because I feel like you guys escaped a lot. Because whenever they yeah. have those talks, and it was like they split us up, boys and girls. Like our stuff was just a, a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women got the short end of that stick. Pretty. Pretty clearly, it's uh, I don't, there's no contest. Well, I'm not taking any oaths. I uh, you know, I'm like maybe two more years away from praying to Zig Ziglar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amber, it's been so much fun talking to you. Thanks for uh, for doing this, man. It's great to meet you. Oh my gosh, it's great to meet yeah. you guys too. Um, keep doing what you're doing. It's oh, good. we have no intention of quitting yet. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that this will be your full-time job? Like, do you want to go into this where you're, um, like, in, it's your income and stuff? I think because there's a chance that my dad could hear this, I'm going to say, no, I love my job. I would never leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take Casey's portion of the money and absolutely <laughs> would like to not have to worry about it that much <laughs> yeah it would be pretty cool though it'd be great but no nah, <laughs> nowhere near there where uh, right now we're just uh enjoying ourselves oh well, that's good i'm glad uh that you guys did it it takes me back to my childhood and definitely makes me laugh a lot so and i i want to find like all this old music and stuff and like 
you know, I was like, I need to bust out like a DC talk CD or something. You know, I got <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I throw it on ironically once in a while and then end up listening to the whole thing. Like the whole yeah, thing. You can probably sing the whole thing. Right. <laughs> I still remember all the words. Like I can sing supernatural, like front to back that whole album. Oh my God. That whole album. That I'm telling you, I love that CD. I really did. That was a good one. I, I put that one above Jesus. Yeah. I, I mean, they were probably the, few groups that i felt like were actually talented because some of that stuff was just not good (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah mediocrity kind of defined the music scene yeah i don't know they they got away with not being as good because they knew there were people who were desperate enough to find something to listen to it feels like yeah oh my god guys i totally met kurt cameron i wanted to tell you that what? <laughs> what? Wow! You really—that you, yeah. you was not even on year. the bingo sheet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're adding squares. I did. <laughs> he came to our master's commission, and I was his like little helper. And I really didn't know who he was. And all really? the girls were like so excited, and all this stuff. And I kind of was like, I don't. Who is he? And then they explained it to me, and I was like, you mean the thing that Leonardo DiCaprio was in? And I didn't pay attention to anybody else, like, in anything else. <laughs> and because they were like, he's on this show, and, like, Leonardo DiCaprio's on it. And I was like, why would I know who anybody else is if he was there? <laughs> but it, he is, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> he's insane. That's like, he's insane. I haven't checked out any of his like recent projects, but I I would not be surprised to find he's putting out videos on like the uh, protocols of the elders of Zion or something like that. You know, oh, Illuminati I'm for him to like cross over to like Scientology or something. He is just getting like we need another like sect for like where he he has yeah, gone off the people like him because yeah. People who oh make cool YouTube videos world. about how bananas prove creation. Yeah, that don't. And they're screaming no in their basement. And dude, can we get a Cameron Liddell ticket for 2024? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up! No, God, don't speak that evil, man. Oh you my can't God! Can't say that. Oh man, I'm putting it on my vision board. Yeah. Okay. I'm coming to your house to burn that vision. To burn it down. We we cannot. Because I know that orange man was on somebody's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, that being said, everybody, you know, say a prayer for, you know, the Cameron Liddell campaign. And uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next time.